0: I've seen 666, I think, three times today. Either that or I saw it once yesterday and twice today. I can't exactly remember, but I've paid attention. And I'm so thankful, God, for the warning. But I'll want to make a journal recording of whatever it is that's coming later. I had a really neat day today at Starbucks. I I got to see four people today i got to see steve the cpa at the very end and just talk with him a little bit he's always been real nice to me that's tom's best friend um thomas lawless was there at the very beginning i got to sit with him and encourage him for a little bit in the lord and then um a very cute young lady 24 years old she's a school teacher sat right next to me and I offered to plug her laptop in and she was just very nice and thankful and I mentioned, uh, well, I get to do my Good Samaritan deed for the day. She goes, oh, cool. And I said, well, yeah. I said, since I'm writing about Jesus, I need to at least follow his teachings. And she said, oh, really? So we struck up a conversation. Unbelievably, she is from Orlando, Florida. She was a UCF student. And she has been on mission trips. And she moved here to be a teacher. And she is actually teaching at Butler High School, of all things. And so... she was just adorable very sweet bright light sweet girl and um i found her attractive so i went to the bathroom and and i was like lord please help me with this god i don't you know i just it bothers me again that whole seeing somebody being and and thinking oh here's a girl who loves jesus with all of her heart and i'm thinking oh my gosh she's 24 years old yeah you know i need to be uh um treat her as a younger sister and so i asked god for the strength to do that and i did and and it was just i don't know it was just neat it was just neat but at the same time you know your brain plays tricks on you you know and you say okay she came and sat beside you she's this pretty lady she knows the lord jesus christ she has a heart for jesus you know and she's obviously single she's a school teacher and um, she's from where you're at in orlando and all this stuff and you know, you think, well, Boaz is married a much younger girl. And oh man, I just, all that stuff that happens in your mind. And so I just was like, put my head down. I'm like, Lord, I'm over this. Lord, please help me. I don't want to have these thoughts. I don't want to be thinking about the possibilities with somebody else. I want to continue to wait for Laura. I believe, you know, and sometimes I feel like even something like that, I think, well, could, could it be that, I'm being tested, you know, to see if I really will wait and believe for Laura, if I'll really keep the faith for her. You know, what, could it be that God is testing me like that? Because, you know, this girl was so blessed by our conversation, and I, I was blessed to encourage her and share some things with her. And But, you know, just... Uh, I don't know. I end up... I hate it that... I could see myself going, man, I'd like to have coffee with that girl. You know, I hate that. And I realize it's just because I've been so lonely through celibate for three years and lonely. You know, I'm not lonely. I'm not feeling lonely. But, you know, I'm at that point where I feel like God's been telling me we're almost there. We're almost there. And then you have those doubts of like, yeah, you're waiting for Laura and she's never going to come. But I have to just keep believing. And while I was sitting there. Shortly after our conversation I looked down and it was 212 on my writing the number of words. So uh, this is a very humbling recording. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can about it. It's not one I would ever be you know excited about sharing with anybody, but that's this is the truth. This is the vulnerability that I face sometimes in these moments where I've waited for for Laura for so long and incidentally she looks like Laura. She's got that same kind of brown hair, blue eyed look a little bit and brunette and some of the similar features and, you know, and it's so easy to say, you know, Laura is just a fantasy. She, she does not care anything about you. She's not thinking about you. You're not on her radar, nothing, you know? And so then you, you say to yourself, is it possible that God could be sitting a younger woman who is, you know... Is it possible? Because, I mean, I look younger. People think I'm 28, you know. But anyhow, I just, uh, that's bothersome. It really is. It creates a, a tension. And so you don't have any peace. And it's a very weird place to be. You know, I've been so faithful for so long to wait for Laura. And I praise God that he's helped me to avoid the temptations that have come upon me to not wait for her. You know, and to, to just move on. And again, I, I need to spend. I need to go spend more time in the Word and pray, and just wait, just wait upon God. Just continue to just. That's how I'll fight it. Is I'll go home. I'll get in the Word and pray, and ask God to strengthen me and to put my mind back at focus for His promise that He's given me. You know, and then I think to myself. You know, why would God allow an attractive woman like that who is obviously in love with Jesus sit right beside me? Of all the places, she came and sat right beside me. You know, and, and is it just so that I can encourage her? And then if it's for me to encourage, then why would I, when I look at her, she has this real penetrating look, very amazing eye contact. You know, and it's intimidating. And when I say intimidating, it's like, it could almost be perceived as, you know, she maybe thinks I'm special in some way. And, you know, and so I say to myself, why would God, you know, allow something like that? Like, was it, what was the purpose for me to meet her today? She said when I walked away, she says, I am so glad I met you. She was just so sincere and just so sweet. I mean, she just seems like a precious, precious young lady. I don't know, it's just fascinating. Fascinating. I can tell my heart is anxious. I've I've been anxious for the last I haven't been this way in a while, but my heart has been more anxious for Laura in the past couple of weeks. I've been feeling some more anxiousness cuz I feel like God is telling me we're getting close and you know and again I could see I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's because the devil knows I wouldn't go for a sleaze ball, sleaze ball, or just some attractive woman who doesn't know Jesus. But an attractive woman who does know Jesus, you know, ah, just the whole thing, just, oh, I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's bothersome. The other thing that I wanted to add on here that I forgot about, I got so upset, is that I met a lady named Tina. Older lady came and sat next to me beside me. And um, she, I could see her looking over her reading thing. She was reading something, and she was looking on my laptop to see what I was writing on. All of a sudden, I noticed she was in this kind of frantic search for something in her purse. And she got up, left, came back in. She looked at me intently, and I took my head plugs And she says, "Have you seen any keys?" And I said, "No, ma'am, I haven't." Well, I ended up getting up, trying to help her find the key. She went back out to the car, came back in, couldn't find it. And I said, "Jesus, help us to find these keys." And I just talked to my mom this morning about how I pray about everything. So I went back over to ask the people again if they found any keys. They said no. While I was standing there, I was getting ready to walk away from the front counter, and I looked down, and I saw this little black thing in the water bucket. They have a basket with waters in them. And I saw it in there, and there's the keys. The lady was so, so thankful. And then when we were walking back, she said, Are you a pastor? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. It's funny how people think. What cracks me up is that people think I'm a pastor. So many people have asked me, where do you pastor at? It's like if, people think if you know the Bible or if you have anything to do with writing the Bible or studying the Bible, people automatically assume that you're a pastor. That's funny but sad at the same time. But anyhow, um, she's temporarily here living with her husband while he's here for three months for work from Colorado. And um, anyhow, I got to give her my story card, and she's, was really, she said it was really nice to meet me and stuff like that. It was kind of neat. That was another connection. I hope and pray that that's something that will encourage, she'll be encouraged by it. So forgot to add that. At night, on March 27, 2015, I had a really difficult afternoon. I started feeling tired again, and I laid down, and just all the thanking... I've been under attack so much in the area of sexuality and loneliness and all of that in the last several weeks. And uh, the enemy's been trying to tempt me and, you know, there's been women kind of just showing up in my path. And with Corey the other day and then this lady today, the school teacher who looked... A lot like Laura, I mean, I'm just like, oh my gosh, really? And, you know, it just gets your brain thinking and and you get these fiery arrows being shot at you and it can wear you down and I started feeling myself doubting and I'm, I'm, I'm literally driving home having doubts about Laura. I'm like, how is this possible? And I just begged Jesus. I started saying, Jesus, I need your help. Lord, I'm under attack. Lord, I need your help. So many times I've been so strong for so long and now I'm just like, Lord Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, help me. And I tried to lay down and take a nap and my mind couldn't stop thinking about it. And I mean, I was having these, you know, like literally like the desire to want to go masturbate to get that release of sexual tension out of my mind. I don't know how to describe it. You know, it's embarrassing to think that you have these desires and stuff. It's but it's just that's. The reality. It is the reality. It's 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 just as much of a reality as eating and drinking. Your your body is going to make those demands, and I hate it. You know, and so I'm I'm just like, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. I prayed about it, and I'm like, Lord, is it okay for me to do this if I don't think about any woman? I'm like, God, I need some sanity, I need to be just able to move on. And I just feel like I'm sitting here trying to compromise, and I'm like, I've said this before. And anytime I've ever stumbled and done it, it causes me such violation of my conscience. And I'm like, I can't do this. It's sin for me. So I jumped up and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to go to my parents' house, change my scenery, get in the hot tub, pray, all that. I did that. I fixed myself some dinner, took the dog out to pee, caught my breath, started feeling better. On my way back at one point or something, I looked down at 616. Ephesians 6.16, take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. God reminding me, you're under attack, take up the shield of faith. I come in and I'm listening to a message, uh, Charles Stanley uh, acting, waiting, or God acts on behalf of the one who waits. And I was just so thankful to hear the message and be reoccurred. So I watched basically the whole second version of the message sitting there looking at a picture of Laura. And he was talking about waiting for God's best. That God will give you His very best if you will wait. And how long you're willing to wait shows how much value you place on the item. And two years and seven months for me to have waited for Laura is a long time. And I have not had a hurtful moment like this. But it's starting to be painful again. I've been having such struggles with my sinuses. And I just know it. This is how the devil works. He's not an idiot. He comes in and attacks like a freaking flood when I'm tired and when I'm not feeling good and I've been having sinus issues and I'm not sleeping well at night. And I can see that for days he's been trying to chip away. I see it. So I know that Laura must be right around the corner because he's attacking me at every angle he can. He's attacking me with dreams at night. He's attacking me with now multiple women contacting me and my my, just just thoughts it's just one it's just thoughts it's just flaming arrow what about her what about her what about her trying to get you to doubt i remember stanley tells this principle in his book he says right before god i'm gonna read it god right before god wants to bless you the enemy will assault you in fact i'm gonna look it up and read it well incredibly there is a book marker on this exact page It's page 183, and he says, Friend, you will spare yourself untold heartache if you realize the negative thoughts that dishearten you are the fiery darts of a spiritual attack and that you can stop them with Scripture. God's Word is your principal weapon in enduring the dark moments of your life courageously and triumphantly, and here is the main point. Likewise, Oh, praise God. And he, what scripture is he quoting? Ephesians 6, 1, 6. Oh, God, how I thank you. God, how I thank you, Lord. God, how I thank you. I knew that I'm under attack. I just knew it. And he's this is I just have this flood of encouragement coming over me right now because when you know that God himself is telling you what a person in a book is telling you and God confirms it like that, I obviously know that the enemy is attacking that which he knows God is going to bless me with. And it just just re-now just fortifies my resolve to wait for Laura and just to be content and continue to wait because I've waited for so long for her. Gosh, it hurts right now in this moment when I think about how long and how far, how much I have fought. Man, I have fought harder for her than I have anything in my entire life. It's, you know... I mean, my kids is the only other thing, but my kids are in a situation where I can't do anything about it at all. Well, that's not true. It's not true. I guess for the kids and Laura, I have fought equally as well. And there was 616 on the recording just as I looked down and said fought. So God is t- totally confirming this. So here it says, likewise, remember that the enemy will attack you with great discouragement and despair before the Lord moves in a great way. Why? Because the adversary wants to steal God's glory and undermine your effectiveness for His kingdom. The evil one's goal is for you to be so discouraged that you question the Father's provision and character. Then, when the Lord answers your prayer, you will feel shame at questioning Him rather than experiencing the wonderful joy of faith made sight. Do not give in to the enemy's tactics. Oh, God. How I thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, it is truly unbelievable. I mean, uh, when I say it is truly unbelievable, it is the absolute, this is the biggest understatement I've said in any of the thousand plus recordings I've made. I've made more than a thousand, two thousand recordings. There's, it is absolutely unbelievable when I think about all that I have gone through to wait for Laura. Laura. When I think about all of the women, I mean, I think about all of the temptations that the women that I've met or women that have pursued me or women that have come across my path that maybe either wanted me to pursue, or, you know, oh my goodness, I can't even, um, all of the waiting and the, the fiery arrows and the darts and the thoughts and the, you've just passed up another one. You've just passed up another one. You've just passed up another one. Laura's not going to have anything to do with you. The assault that i i mean in the, in the supernatural it would be truly astonishing to see and i just think about how hard i've had to fight for this and i just read these words in here somewhere where the longer you have to wait the greater the gift and that one of the reasons why god makes you wait so long is so that you will really bring him great glory that it will remind you of how much you had to fight for it. And you will have a... You will, you, will, you will bring him tremendous, tremendous glory. And I thought, man, what an awesome, awesome thought that is. I'm going to start rereading this book because I need the encouragement. It says, the greater the blessing, the longer God will have you tarry in order to fortify your resolve... To glorify Him with it. And I'm going to tell you something. I have cried out so many times. Oh, but God. Oh, but God. You know how much I want you to be glorified in this. I want people to see they can trust you. And, you know, this is more than just trusting God. There is so much character development. He was talking tonight about, he said, A person with strong, it takes strong courage and strong character to wait For God's blessings and I think to myself God must know I need more character development and even today as I survive today I will be stronger tomorrow I'll have another lesson that I've learned and one of the things that I see is you know you 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 might think how could the devil use a another Christian woman to create so much disturbance in my faith tonight. It's unbelievable the times I've seen women that look so much like Laura, where there's been this temptation to want to pursue a woman who looks like Laura. I mean, it's, it's like your mind plays games on you. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And you think to yourself, well, how would, why would God allow that to happen? And, you know, but the enemy can leverage a situation that God puts you in and fire off missiles at you, trying to get you to misinterpret the good thing God's wanting to do. So I think this woman was so encouraged tonight by some things I shared with her. She just said to me, I am so glad I met you. She said it like two times. And I'm not 100% sure how God may have used me to encourage her. But because the enemy knows I'm vulnerable, he's already weakened my defenses. He can now fire some arrows off. She's single. Yeah, she's young, but so was Ruth. Boaz was a lot older than Ruth. She's from Orlando, Florida. I mean, Mike, what are the chances of her being from Orlando, Florida? Mike, what are the chances of her going to UAH? What are the chances of her being from Inglewood, where one of your best friends was from? Little old town nobody even knows of. What are the chances of her coming to Huntsville, Alabama? What are the chances and just all these, you just hear these like fiery arrows and each one coming, takes a little chip and the, the, the desire, the natural desire is to listen and to wonder and you know, you go... You know, you wonder, is this, you know, is there something weird going on here? I mean, is this, anyhow, you see, and what it is, is it's the enemy slowly chipping away, even using a godly woman. Because, see, he knows if it were a, a an ungodly woman, I'd smell that a mile away. I'm not remotely interested in any woman that doesn't love Jesus. Here's a girl who loves Jesus, went on mission trips, has had a desire to go to Africa, went to Africa, and I thought, gosh, I've had a desire to go to Africa. The, here was clearly the enemy being able to leverage what God was doing to bring some two, a brother and sister together. The enemy's whispered in my ear some things because... I'm Michael Commentary. Unfortunately, this recording got cut off. I'm not sure what happened here, but I'll pause here and answer a rhetorical question that I've asked a few times in this recording. You know, why would God allow this? I'm not asking that question because I don't know the answer to it in this recording. I know the answer to it. I'm just posing that ever so asked rhetorical question. God, why would you allow this to happen? And so here's the thing. All of this temptation has a very, very good purpose. All of this suffering and anxiety in the face of my strong desire, which is where my suffering is coming from. Now, a Buddhist would say, Ah, Michael, you suffer because you desire. And they would try to talk me into killing off my desire, which would effectively alleviate me of my suffering. But is that what God wants for me? No, it is not. God wants me to take that desire, which he very much values, He wants me to put it up on the altar of sacrifice to him and yield it to his will in my life. Now, supposing I didn't have any desire, I would then have nothing to give to God, which is good for Buddhists because they don't believe in God, but I do. So I have this strong desire. Some people might look down on me. Man, Mike, come on. You don't you think you have a little problem here? Well, this is my problem. This is my desire and my Lord has been pleased to allow me to have it. It has some very good biblical reasons. As we get further into the story, you'll begin to see and understand more. But at this time, I'm answering the question, why does God allow this? Why is this the sovereign God who's omniscient, omnipresent, involved in every aspect of our lives, who works out all the details in our life, Proverbs 16, 4, Romans 8, 11, I'm sorry, Romans 8, Ephesians 1, 11. Why is it that God is allowing me to suffer in this strong desire? Brothers and sisters, it is the resisting of these temptations with my soul that develops that strong spiritual strength, just as it is when you resist the weight in a gym that develops strong bodily muscular strength. It is resistance, that friction that develops the power. And so I look back on these moments and although I feel sorry, you know, this is true. This is interesting. I literally just got off the phone with my mother. I had one of the longest conversations I've had with my mom over the phone in a long time. We just had a great conversation. And one of the things that she brought up was that she has actually wept a few times listening to Trusting God in the Wilderness when she hears how much I had to suffer. Because see, she obviously did not get to know all of that stuff on the front lines. Although I was living with her, obviously a lot of times we had this antagonistic, enemy-type relationship. So my mom, I wasn't going to her and saying, Mom, you know, this happened today, I'm struggling, and I was not opening my heart to her in this way. So my mom is getting to experience some of this part of my journey really fresh for the first time. I mean, she's aware of it in the big picture, and we've talked about it and since. And she said that she started to cry because she saw how much I had to suffer. And she, she said, you know, even now, I I, I weep thinking about how much you know, another person has had to go through, but she was, she's thankful for it. And listen, I can tell you now, looking back on all this, seeing all that weakness and all that pain and all that temptation, I recognize how much fruit God was going to bring out of this. I realized how much strength I said, mom, look at how God made me from being this man who used to be so intimidated by what other people thought of me. And I said, now I'm not afraid of any man, no matter what his position is. I'll say things to him. And I use this one recent example where I had to speak to a very prominent person, very kind of high up, a successful business, a well-known, big ministry person. And I had to look him right in the eyes and say, your heart is not right with God. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 50 years, believing in Jesus and your dad started all these churches and all that. I'm telling you, your heart is not right with God. And I had to tell him not only once and he didn't like it, but a while later I had to tell him again painfully and it's like the Lord loved and see I don't like having to do that but all of this testing all of this temptation has produced a strength in a man who was excessively weak in some of these areas so anytime you see something like this where you say why is God allowing this to happen and it is for the great purpose of strengthening your character now I have resolve and I see It's amazing, like I've been in the gym, like God put me in the workout, spiritual workout program, and I've developed this strength. And so I told my mom, I said, Mom, look at all the good that all that suffering has had in my life. I said, now you've seen me where the greatest gift God's ever given me is Persis, and the greatest gift God's ever taken away from me is Persis. And I said, now you see me able to do so with a smile on my face, with hope in my heart. And I said, here I am still suffering according to God's will, busy doing good for others. And I said, I could have never done that. I said, you know, you, you wondered all those years if I would make it. And I said, Mom, I made it. God made me into a man. He finally took this little scared boy who was abused and rejected and he, he built me up. But how did he build me up? He built me up through difficulty, through hardship, through suffering, And I am so thankful, brothers and sisters, when I think it sounds to you like, "Wow, this guy really must have some kind of a real issue with women. Wow, this guy really must have a strong, you know, desire for sex. Well, this guy really must have a big issue with having a hole in his heart. No, this was a strong desire God had placed in me that's good. If it wasn't, God would have never met it. And he did. It was a good desire. And, And as we get further down in the story, you'll begin to see this is how much Jesus Christ desires you. This is how much he longs for you as his bride. And so... In the face of this desire, what was wrong with it is time I wanted to yield my will to it or, you know, seek my own pleasure in it or get it in my own timing rather than staying living as a sacrifice presenting my desire as part of my life. Remember, Jesus said, if anyone finds their life, that means getting your own way apart from him, you will lose your life from his standpoint. You'll lose your spiritual life. But if you lose your life, your will, your desires, your goals, your dreams, your comforts, your timing, and you sacrifice them and put them on this altar, even if it's just waiting for God to give you that thing, there is a tremendous amount of suffering in that. But God is pleased and in the process, The waiting is not for nothing. The waiting is for strengthening and you're growing stronger and stronger and stronger. Wait until we get into the recordings in July of 2015 and you hear what happens in my heart about Laura. It's incredible. It's incredible when I look at how much God got me through and how far up he got me to in strength of character where I really was lacking so much, so That is the good reasons for God allowing all this difficulty and the friction and the temptation. And you notice I'm not mad at God about it. I'm going to God about it. And what does he tell me? He says, you're in the battle. Take up the shield of faith. Now, God could take away the battle, but to do so would be to take away my strength. All right. End of commentary. All right. It is 8.06 in the morning on March 28, 2015. And this is a message about... Temptation and the spiritual attack that i 've been under for uh, really heavy <clears throat> the last week uh, it 's about thirty two degrees this morning it 's very odd weather cold that came in last night and i 've hiked up to the top of the mountain and there was only three other cars in the parking lot but i um, I am in a very very weak place right now, and I want to capture this because this is the reality for my children. They will follow. And for, you know, whoever else God allows me to share this with. But I want to capture as much as I can about this, <clears throat> what I'm learning, because it's a bit unsettling. For Again, for the most part, my faith is filled with joy and victory every day. And I've even meant many times said, oh yeah, you know, the demons, they don't mess with me so much anymore. I, I just so focus on God. They leave me alone. And and, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've come again. They've come again. The, the situation is that God for weeks, weeks, has been telling me, you're about to enter the promised land. He's been showing me scriptures, providentially guiding me to all these scriptures that make mention of, I'm about to enter and possess the good land. This court situation last week with child support on Monday, which could have been an impossible thing for me to get through, God showed me it was like my Jordan. And I needed to um, trust Him, and I would walk through on dry land. The night before, or two nights before, I started being attacked in my dreams um, sexually. And I could tell now I'm getting weaker, and I'm starting to think about wanting to be with my wife I'm starting to think about the desire to have sex again I'm starting to and it's just starting to heat up in me that part of me that can be very distracting to god starts heating up and it's being fed I didn't start the feeding the, the devil did I believe in my in my sleep so you know slowly this builds and then I finally get over that but then there's a part of me that goes oh gosh I you know I hope I get to meet that lady again and you know you start having these thoughts They come into you and you go, no, you don't want to do that. You're waiting for Laura. What are you thinking? No. So that happens. Um, And I kind of get through that. And I had sent a message to Natalie about this lady I met. And I said, oh, it was positive. She's a sister in Christ. And she's working in this ministry. And Natalie had said, Michael, I, I have some negative thoughts I need to be able to share with you. And she was basically talking about how, you know, be very careful. Be very cautious. And... What she didn't realize is, is that before she had sent me that message, that's the morning I woke up feeling, man, I need to be very careful. I need to be very careful because I think the enemy may try to reel me in. I said, this is looking like the Laura situation again, where I, I have this belief in my mind that I can keep everything platonic because I don't have that desire to, to, to do something wrong. And so I feel like it's okay for me to try to help like a woman like this and counsel her. I mean, that's what my whole life is about is just counseling people that are hurting or that are in error and they need help to, to walk more in the truth and to walk with Christ. So I have such a desire and I think that's a gullible, not a gullible, but it's a vulnerability in me. That's what happened with. So I started remembering what happened with. I thought, you know what? I almost pray that this lady does not contact me, Corey, that she's going to see my story, but that she doesn't contact me. And I'm just going to make it a rule that I'll never meet with her outside of Starbucks. Never like, Hey, we're having a party. We're having a get together. No, not doing that. I just, I have to make the boundary. I don't care how weird it looks. I don't care how old fashioned it seems. I don't care how religious it comes off. I have got to Be careful, and I already recognize, here I'm sitting before a woman who's talking to me about, she grew up with legalism, and now she rebels against that, and she wants to get right up to the line and maybe step over it, and she doesn't want to live this life of perfection, and I'm going, man, this is dangerous, this is dangerous, and I wasn't even conscious of it until later, I mean, I'm hearing her, and I'm going, okay, man, I really could help this woman, and she needs to know more about holiness, you know, and stuff like that. And she's gone from one extreme to the other. And, you know, she's, she's focused on the grace and all that. And I think to myself, how inappropriate would it be for me to try to counsel a woman who's younger than I am, that's attractive like that, that I already know she's walking on a slippery slope. I need to not do that. You know, and then there's this part of me, I think the part that I struggle with so much about this whole thing is that there's a part of me that feels like you shouldn't be having these problems, Michael. I think that, that. I have this weakness in this area where I feel like I should be farther along that I should get to the place where I'm never ever tempted and I sometimes believe that if I'm tempted that means I'm not godly and, and that's a lie that I have got to work out of my system because Jesus was tempted and it says he was tempted in every way and although it doesn't mention specifically sexually <clears throat> we have to believe and somebody once said well Jesus was never tempted sexually so he can't identify with mine and I thought you know what the Bible says he was tempted in every way just because it didn't color in that page for us, doesn't mean that he wasn't. But I still have this belief because I, I live, for the most part, with such a mountaintop experience with God, where His grace has filled me up to overflowing, and I'm not struggling these ways. That for me to ever come to the point where I say I say I'm believing and fighting for two years and seven months for this woman, and for me to ever have a tempted thought about another woman or another relationship, makes me feel. It's almost like the enemy is standing there going, see, you're not as far along as you thought. You're not as godly as you thought. You're not as holy as you thought. And instead of realizing, you know what? Temptation is something that happens to all of us. If Jesus was tempted, we're going to be tempted. You know, Jesus made it very clear. A servant is not greater than his master. And so I I need to face up to that. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I would never want Laura to hear this recording because I would be afraid that she would judge me because I'm tempted. You know, and I think to myself, that's the part of me that needs to die. I need to just come to grips with, look, I think that there's still some naivety in me about this. And I think this is an area that I'm weak in. That I, because I'm fighting so hard for holiness and fighting so hard for purity in heart. That, that, um, you know, I think that that can become a weakness. It's becoming a weakness. And so, having said all that, I'm making this recording for this very reason to fight this weakness. So... That happens with that Lady Corey, but then things calm down, everything's cool and it's fine and all that. And you know, you might imagine that a man who's gone, you know, three years without having any kind of sexual relations and, and has fought for purity even in masturbation and maybe only a handful of times has slipped into that. That there's a desire there that if it's awakened, it becomes a very intense, strong desire. And it, it's hard to fight against. And, um, but God has given me this Grace. God has given me this amazing grace where I'm not running around, you know, most days thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't wait to have sex with my wife. I can't wait to have sex with my No, I mean, that's not been my reality. I've been able to be free to focus and do my work and to read the word. And very rarely, God helps me to keep it under control. So what I think is happening, honestly, just, I want to finish telling the story, but what I think is happening now is that I'm under an, a major assault. Like the enemy maybe has... Hit me before and then runs away when he sees I'm fleeing. I think I'm under a major assault. Because I believe that Laura is just around the corner. And I think that the enemy is hard as he can trying to chip away at my faith to wait for her. And to bring shame and guilt. So that I'll relax my faith on believing God for her. So. What happens is yesterday. I go to Starbucks. I see Corey. Corey she's i see her and i keep my head down i see her coming in with her sister and i intentionally ignore her, don't say anything so i just keep my head down i'm not going to ignore her if she comes over but I'm, I'm keeping up boundaries well as she's leaving she stomps at the door leans back until i see her and she waves the big old smile i wave with a big old smile i don't take my headphones out or anything i just let her go about her business which i was just like thank you god that's great i'm sick of this you know meeting an attractive godly woman and, and starting to have these thoughts of well, what about her what if, what, if, what if you're waiting for Laura for no reason? What if Laura's never going to happen? And these thoughts just come in like, I mean, honest to goodness, they're flaming arrows. And so I'm just really frustrated by that. And, you know, I had been praying multiple times. I've said, God, if Laura does not love you the way I think she does, and I've been praying that she does, and I need her to, God, I'm out. I don't want her. I've said that to the Lord. Lord, I do not want, I don't care how beautiful she is, how kind and sweet. Lord, if she's more into her business, Lord, if she's more into her kids, if she's more into just, you know, anything besides you, God, if she's not, if she's trusting in her finances and her business and in her relationships and all that more than you, and she doesn't have a heart that is willing to burn hot for you, God, please don't give her to me. Please don't give her to me. So I've said that before, and then. You know, you might, you might imagine, how long can a guy wait and still believe for the impossible? And what makes you continue on? And, and you know, other you, women show up and you say to yourself, well, are you just believing a fantasy here? Are you missing something better? You know, you think, and then I go, Michael, she's 24 years old, for crying out loud. You are 16, 17 years older than her. and then if, And then the thought goes, but wait a second. Has not God just been showing me 366, which takes me to Boaz, Mary's Ruth? Ruth, what does Boaz say? Oh, you have been so kind to me. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. So she pursued Boaz, this older guy. And, you know, so you, you start justifying it. And I think to myself, okay, so this lady, Sarah, she seems way ahead of 24 years old. Very seemingly mature loves Jesus clearly and it seems to be that she has got her head and she 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 said I chose Butler High School and she said I I love I've grown to love this school and she says because I have had to depend so much on Jesus Christ I've had to depend upon God so much to do this and I thought to myself my who where are the people that say that where's a woman like that that says that they they want to trust God like that you know and and i hear laura doesn't trust god like that laura's got her life is peachy she's everything's fine she has no needs of of god and i hear these thoughts these flaming arrows boom just coming in and so what ends up happening is i give thought to these things and before i know it i'm completely upset And completely upset and going god almighty have mercy i do not like this battle i don't like this reality i don't like being tempted Right now, I am having a very hard time. You know, it's like that thing that you desire more than anything. For some people, it may be a business, or it may be a trip, or it may be a child, or it may be health, it may be financial, or whatever it is. It may be a ministry. But the thing that God has given me the greatest desire for and spoken to me the most about is a godly wife of noble character. Uh, th- there are many men that that agree this is the greatest of all of God's providential gifts and so i'm i'm just waiting and waiting and waiting and it gets so hard it's it would be so easy just to quit i'm having those moments where you just want to say oh god just quit and so now what will i do about this that's the question what am i going to do because i want to continue to remain in faith i want to continue to believe god because if i shrink back god will not be pleased He will not be glorified and I will not enjoy his very best. He even says, Charles Stanley says that God will make you wait. He will tarry the longest for his very best gifts so that you will remember. Praise God. So that you will remember the process that you had to go through. Man, man. That just that just hit me. That's what I'm doing right now. I mean, this is a battle. This is an absolute battle. Fighting for for Laura. I mean, it's like, you know, Stanley says, strong character waits. It takes courage to wait <clears throat> and to fight the good fight. It takes a strong, strong sense of character. And so I even rejoice in that right now. And that God is building my character stronger. <sighs> I know I'm <laughs> such a I know I'm under such a strong attack, and I know it's a good thing, but man, it hurts. God, it hurts to feel like you are weak, yet God says His strength is made perfect in weakness. I want so bad to please Laura and to fight for her, and for her for so long. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had in my whole life. How can I be in love with somebody that I... Never even had contact with hardly. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh. and yet I just feel such a love for her, and that's why I'm so upset because I hate it that I'm being tempted away from her, and I'm having to fight. I'm having to fight. Oh, you know, some some person may not understand this because this isn't their battle to fight, and. They don't feel as strongly about this desire of their heart as I do. So they may not understand, but man, this is so, so, so hard. Sometimes, I mean, again, the attack is hard. Not every day. I could have never lived like this every day. I would have quit a long time ago. But, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Father to refresh my spirit I'm going to pretty much end this recording here in just a few minutes. I'm going to ask the Father to refresh my spirit. I'm going to continue to pray, continue to believe, I'm going to continue to focus on his word. I'm going to recite his word and 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 fight these lies with the word of God. The desires of the righteous end only in good. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Psalm 145:19. He has granted me the desires of my heart. He's not withheld the request of my lips. He's telling me I'm going to enter in and possess the the good land. And I think to myself, I need to think about how glorious this is going to be if I will continue to fight. What What is it that God maybe wants to do in my relationship with Laura? How is it that He's planning on using our marriage for His glory that I have no idea how big of a deal it is? I think about when I almost quit in the court well, I almost couldn't give up and, and I wanted to quit and, and, and I, I didn't see justice coming and, and I, I was so tempted to, 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 to have an attorney. And people were saying, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you got to get this, you can't do this. And I, I just told a man last night, I was on the phone discipling a man for two and a half hours last night and I told him, I said, Michael, if I would not have endured, if I would not have obeyed the Lord... I said, you and I would not be having this conversation right now and there would be people that are dead. There would be at least that I'm aware of a half a dozen people that are dead. Not to mention the ones I'm not aware of that maybe never contacted me. And so I think about what would be the cost if I were to quit? If I just gave in and said, you know what, there's other fish in the sea. You know what, second best is good enough for me. What if I said that? Instead of waiting, God acts in behalf of the one who waits for Him. And you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hopefully wait for me will not be put to shame. I'm going to have to reaffirm my faith and belief and continue to fight and believe that there's the purpose of this that I'm, that I'm going through this is so that God can make my character stronger. He can make my character in my resolve to believe Him and to fight. The battle does not make me an ungodly man succumbing to the battle makes me a worthless man so the battle is is something I got to get out of my mind that makes me ungodly that's the battle is brought to me whether I want it or not and it's been brought to me in many ways I guess I'm just extremely vulnerable in this area of because it involves loyalty to my future wife Laura and I've been fighting in faith and purity for her and I think about you know the women that, that have either approached me or I've tried to have people have tried to set me up with and I've said no and I resist and I fight because I'm loyal to her and so the idea that I'm having to fight for loyalty to her at this point it it bothers me but nevertheless I'm gonna fight I'm not gonna just give up I'm gonna keep fighting for her and and keep believing that it must be it must be that, that that it's soon that God is going to bless me with her and her children and and I will be able to tell her the story of how I fought for her and I labored in prayer for her and I resisted temptation. And what kind of a confidence would this not give to her that if I can resist the invisible version of her? In other words, if I can resist temptation and remain loyal to the version of her that she doesn't even realize exists in my mind, how much more will I be able to endure temptation, remain loyal to her, And love her selflessly, sacrificially, when I roll over and she's the wife that's sleeping next to me every night. And she's there. And I can comfort her and she can comfort me. How much more if I've had to fight like this? And yes, I stumbled along the way, but God forgave me and so she will too. I didn't fall, but I stumbled. And God will help me. God will help me. And, and I have needed this so, so much. I've needed this strong character. I'm realizing even now this is the most important part of this whole thing is that I've always been a person who my whole life. I was very good about pleasing other people. I was always aware of what other people were thinking because it started as a child. I needed to survive. I needed to interpret what the bullies were thinking so that I could survive and know how to respond or to manipulate the circumstances so that I could make it home safe that day. And so that grew into the sales career where you learn how to please people and tell them what they want to hear and emulate your prospects. And it's all about just making other people happy, sometimes even at the expense of your own values and certainly at the expense of you. And so God is allowing me to go through these difficult times. He's using the, the greatest desire of my heart. He's Notice this never has anything to do with money. I could care less about money. Money is a means to an end to me now. You know, I mean, I need it, but I don't necessarily want it. I want it just because I need it, but not much. I mean, anyhow, the point is I, I couldn't be enticed in that way so much. God is enticing me or not God, but the devil is enticing me and the Lord is testing me in the area of where I have desire. And I have this desire and I have to yield it to the Lord. I have to yield it to the Father. I have to be willing to continue to just endure. And and how I'll get through again is I'll ask the Lord, God, please, Father, by your grace, help me to get through today. And I'll expect that God will send me an email. I'll expect that God will help change the channel in my mind. And that there'll be some sort of an encounter I have with a person, an email, some good news, a book sale, a donation. There's going to be something that God will do to refresh my spirit. And it's possible that God will just give me the grace in my heart without a new circumstance. But many times God will bless me with a good circumstance. So I'm just going to continue to to believe Him, trust Him, and continue to just ask Him for the grace. I'm back in the battle asking Him for the grace to get me through today. And I'm obviously not going to put myself in any compromising situations. I'm going to fight like crazy to stay away. And when a thought comes in my head about somebody other than Laura, I'm going to immediately dismiss and say, no, I'm not going to give that, that thought legs. I'm not going to let it make roots. It's a bird that's flying over my head, but it's not going to make a nest. That has got to be it, and I've got to change the channel. It's easy to do in these areas that I'm not weak. It's not easy to do in this area. But with God's help, I know I can do it. And perhaps this recording will be a testimony to um, particularly my children and maybe others one day about the need and to understand how temptation works how the enemy comes in right before god wants to bless you and to knock you in the dirt and to get you to settle for god's second best rather than his best or to settle even for satan's best but i must endure with the help of jesus christ i will and God will be glorified, and I will. Oh, I can imagine how good it's gonna feel to be able to have Laura as my wife. I mean, the day God helped me get through the day I get to marry that woman, having fought for her and waited for her as long as I have, I might imagine that if I am able to give thought to all the times I've been out here walking and praying. Oh, the emotion that may come over me would be just unbelievable in thanks and gratitude for what God has done. Thank you, Jesus. Strengthen me by your grace, oh God. Strengthen me by your grace, Jesus.